The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Assalamualaikum everyone and thank you for li- tuning in. You are listening to Sister Speak with me, Mariam. And me, Amina. And today's topic is about Muslim youth struggles. But before we start our show, Amina, could you tell us what our show is about? Um, our show is a platform for Muslim girls to voice their own opinions on current events and issues and even form discussions on general topics such as religion, culture, politics, social media and Islamophobia. Please note, all opinions and views are our own and we respect all other or opposing slash similar views and opinions. Yes, yeah, so we just want to reiterate, all opinions and views are our own and respect all other opposing views. Um, so before we hit our main topic, which is Muslim youth and struggle, we do a segment on our show called um, Thought of the Week. And basically what that is, is a segment where we discuss our thoughts, our ideas, or something beneficial we came across. So Amina, what's your Thought of the Week? Um, my Thought of the Week um, is about... Um, fasting in regards to when you are unable to fast for like there could be a number of different reasons and um i just wanted to address that like when you're unable to fast don't feel guilty about it because that's like a right given to you by allah and that's something that you um you know like you won't when you're unable to fast due to health reasons don't feel guilty because that's something um you won't get sin for something like that and also um recently i did get like a really bad cold or flu i don't know what it was but it was really bad and i tried to fast and um i know i just felt like i wasn't recovering and i thought as muslims we have to look after our bodies so um i'm not going to recover if i fast like imagine uh, if i fasted the next day then i would have been ill for a lot longer so i decided i'm not going to fast so i can recover and then i was able to fast like the next few days so alhamdulillah i've recovered and um i did feel really guilty and i was thinking to myself because i have grandparents and they're quite old and i'm me and my family are always like you know you're old and you don't have to fast when you're in old age because you're you know you're weak exactly and um i realized i we all find it so easy to tell them listen you don't need to fast because that's um a right given to them by allah that they don't need to because of their old age and then i thought oh it was so easy for me to tell them that but it was so hard for myself to tell myself not to fast even though I, it was like kind of the same reasons why do you think there's there's a difference between we we telling um us telling our older generation it's okay you're exempt from fasting allah's favoring you and allah wants to help you but we ourselves feel guilty why, where do you think that stems from i think it's just because we're not used to it like obviously they're not used to it because they've lived for so long and they they've seen the benefits that you get from fasting and they know they they understand the beauty of it and um it is it's hard to tell to not fast because you feel like you're missing out on a lot of things but you need to um like anyone who can't fast for a number of reasons just don't feel guilty because there's so many other things you can do like while we don't fast like you can still um 
obviously depending on what opinions you follow like you can still read quran you can still there's so many things you can do like you can do more research about islam like there's a lot of things there's we're always learning mm. so like one thing i wanted to do this ramadan was learn more about um the prophet so i just started listening to some lectures and you, there's learned? like so many things <laughs> i feel like that deserves a show of it so just one interesting thing that you've learned that's hit you um just like the love that the prophet has for his ummah like that's just something that really hits me like there's no one who loves us uh, after allah that like that which is just crazy to me but anyway um yeah like so my thought because don't feel guilty like we're you know how we're all fasting so we can feed our iman just because you can't fast and you still need to like eat food um, during this month and you know keep yourself healthy, you can still feed your you can still feed your soul. Like you can still do so many other things that everyone else is doing, and like you need to. I think this is when the community comes together as well. So when you, I think when you feel these, when you have these thoughts and when you feel this way, it you should just tell someone because then when you talk about it it's mm. easier to solve the problem like to solve the issue that's going on in your head that i feel guilty and i wish yeah, i could fast because when you when you yeah. talk to someone like if you talk to a friend or someone in your family that i feel guilty then they'd be able to console you and they'll be able to mm. help you um do what they're doing even though you're not fasting yeah and then and i guess it would be a blessing from allah that you're sick so your sins are being exp- um, being removed exactly in the most merciful month yeah and that's another thing that is just like um it's like a calming it, it helps you accept it more because when you fall ill it's an expiation of your sins so that's like in ramadan yeah like that's just another crazy thing to me like you kind of feel like why me then <laughs> you know what i mean so alhamdulillah so it's, i think it comes to really reframing how we perceive allah's mercy because yeah you know he if you're sick that isn't a mercy in itself because like you said allah removes all your sins mm-hmm. and i feel like we're so hard in ourselves we make islam so hard on ourselves even though allah's like facilitated us he's accommodated us if you're sick you don't fast but it doesn't mean you're not part of ramadan and it doesn't mean you can't reap any benefits hmm. and so. islam is like it's a religion for for the whole of humanity so it's for it's not just for a certain type of person it's for people from all walks of life it suits every person so when you're finding it difficult in the um in islam i think just like take a step back and try to look at it with like a fresh set of eyes i guess mm, it's not it's, i think it's just it's so easy to think there's only one way mm-hmm. to gaining allah's pleasure but there isn't and i think that's why we feel guilty because we see everyone around us fasting and we're not fasting because we're sick but that's okay because uh, you're sick because allah's ga- given you that and you're, you're supposed to find alternative ways to gain his pleasure it's okay i think we have to remind ourselves that allah has his mercy and it's very individualized your you can't measure your iman by comparing it to someone else yeah your whole journey is individual exactly um also if anyone wants to um um join in that conversation yeah join in long conversation you can text or whatsapp in on 0779481822 you can also call on 01582481822 and we are on facebook live 
um you can comment down below just join the conversation if you're listening in right now you're listening to sister speak and yeah join in join in um so my thought of the week is about intentions i think it springs off your one and how how we it's so it's so important that we reframe our intentions to um gain I, I said this just two seconds ago but gain the pleasure of allah so just doing small things and thinking that like for example i kind of struggled to walk to the studio today because i was feeling quite thirsty but i was thinking i'm fasting today i'm going to come do a radio show it's community service and inshallah someone's going to benefit from what we're saying and that's for the sake of allah so it's for me I always say this on our radio show, so having that conversation with Allah and having your intentions. If you if you keep thinking, okay, I'm doing this for the sake of God, how much will Allah love that? That you're doing something for the sake of Him and you're telling Him I'm doing it for the sake of Him. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, it, it makes you uh, be more appreciative and it makes you more grateful. And I think those two things really interlink. And I think in Ramadan, you really feel that because you when you break your fast, you appreciate all the food that you have you're, you're so grateful but you're patient throughout the whole day um, and I think those two things go in hand in hand when you're approaching any situation in life and I think that's a ses- setting stone that you can take throughout the whole year because you know uh, food is a basic need of a human being and if you can take that away for the sake of God then any other desire that you have you can um, slowly attack it and abandon it and you can do it for the sake of God yeah and I think that's why Ramadan is such a special month to us because it gives us, it opens our eyes to what is important and what isn't. And like, what we're capable obviously, of well. usually food and water is halal for us, of course. But like when you're taking something like food is such a big pleasure for us. So if there's other things that are maybe in the way of um, getting closer to Allah, then it it's like opening a door and showing us that we can actually do it. Like it's it's that easy. So Alhamdulillah, inshallah, we can keep it up after Ramadan and during the rest of the month too. Inshallah. I think that's like leads us on to our hot topics, right? Or yeah. should we? So our hot topic is how is Ramadan going now? Amina, how is your Ramadan going? Um. Well, I did mention that I was uh, sick for two days, so that was a bit weird and threw me off. So, um... I think it's still. I think it's going better than how last week on the show we were all kind of just half asleep. Because <laughs> um, you know, when when you're a week into it, you kind of you yeah. get what you um, what you can handle and like what you should be eating for suhoor and like what you shouldn't eat <laughs> and your sleeping pattern. Mm. Um, I think I'm still kind of getting into the swing of things, but um, I think it's... Do you have exams right now? I have coursework. Uh, How's that studying going on then during Ramadan? What tips can you offer to all the students out there doing exams, doing coursework and managing Ramadan? Um, I think just take it easy. Don't... um, like, don't compare your, your journey during this month to other people's. Like, for example, if you are... Um, if you have too much on your plate in terms of your studies, do what you can. Like you mentioned last week, anything is a form of worship if you have the right intentions. Like if, like you said earlier just now, like you had the intention to come here for the sake of Allah. So just renew your intentions with everything you do throughout the day. So if you have so a lot of exams coming up or a lot of deadlines, um, 
and you can't go to Tarawiyah, like, for example, if you usually go during Ramadan and you can't this year, don't feel guilty about that. Um, do what you can. You can always... Um, you can always um, pray nafal at home as well. So um, just, you know, pace yourself and um, just try to, like, take a step back and then, like, you know when you're in the middle of it all, it's quite uh, overwhelming. Mm. So just, um, like, take breaks as well and just... Yeah, don't don't do too. Don't try. Don't expect too much of yourself. You know, like um, do what you have to do. Like, so you need to revise for these exams. So you're gonna revise for that. And then, when you have the time, then pick up your Quran and you know pray as much as you can. But I think the biggest um, barrier for us is comparison. Like, when you compare yourself to what other people are doing that's it's not going to help you because their situation is completely different mm. to yours so um yeah don't just don't be too hard on yourself and i also think that you know you might think it's a, it's a massive it is a massive struggle to fast and doing exams but just think that you're doing exams in the blessed month you're forsaking something for his for allah's pleasure and if you make dua as a fasting person for the success of your exam you're more likely to succeed. And if you frame your intentions that, you know, I'm fasting for the sake of you, but I'm also gaining knowledge for the sake of you, mm-hmm. hand in hand in the most blessed month, I think motivate yourself and just believe Allah will help you. Just believe that he'll actually facilitate you. You might not feel strong enough and you might not feel um, as motivated, but if you have if you have that um, intention and if you have that belief that actually I'm doing all these things for the sake of him, of course he's going to help me. You know, Allah shies away when you ask the one, he doesn't give you something back. So in this blessed month, can you imagine when you're doing, you know, you're giving up food for the sake of him? And yeah. I think that is really important to remind you. So you're doing, you know, reward yourself as well. Like, don't take it too hard. Don't force yourself to, like, I have to read 100 pages. Take it um, in steps. And I think um, something Lamisa said when she was studying exam that do it in half an hour um, slots. Yeah. So break your study don't up. like but don't burn yourself out because mm. you do actually need to have a break like if you find yourself sleep deprived then you need to take a nap or you need to take a break because when you when you overdo it then um uh the things that you've covered like when you've gone over 40 minutes or half an hour then you're not going to remember any of that so you should take a break so that you can remember what mm. you've learned and also something that um, I think you mentioned last week was that find the time where you're in the mod- <coughs> when you're um, at your maximum yeah. capacity. So do you know, so like that? that one or two hours before iftar is just like don't even don't even bother because that's when you're completely burnt out and nothing's going in and out. Like you can just about start preparing your iftar or whatever you're doing. Um, I think. Uh, after Fajr, to be honest, is the best time for me because I feel like um, where it, the mornings are the most productive. Morning, the morning has always been the most productive time of the day for anyone, I believe. Um, even though we like to sleep in, but when you have stayed up that early, you feel like you can just do it all. So um, after Fajr, I think you're like you're freshly fed, like you've just had your food, your well hydrated i hope um i think that's the best time and also you know just any time between morning and noon i guess well 
any yeah, time like can... that's not too close to iftar yeah. and then like um because obviously during the night that's like the best time to pray so if you want to leave that um empty if, if you want to leave that to just do uh do your ibadah and stuff then um i think you can just split it up maybe take breaks like maybe you can revise and then read quran pray and then start revising again basically it's not it's i think everyone's different yeah. as well so whenever you feel the most energized and the where you are, feel the most awake i guess um that's when you should get your work in. And I also think that um, because I'll be completing my final year next year, I think it's important to do the most challenging um, content first when you have the most energy yeah. and then allow the easy part so you don't feel deflated when you can't register what's going on in your um, revision because yeah, you're exactly. so tired. So I think that's something that should be um, adopted. Mm -hmm. But if that's all for the thought of the week should we move on to the next hot topic uh yeah so was it on saturday saturday evening yeah, I mean, like, go and tell us was <laughs> the um inspire fm dinner and uh there were a bunch of awards given out like congratulations to everyone who won by the way I, it was a really nice night like yeah. it was nice to feel because yeah, we're always just together in the studio but it was nice to, to be have a at a dinner social, and then yeah. see all the other different um Definitely. shows there too and um yeah we actually we I don't know if some of you remember we asked you quite a few times to vote for us for the Community Choice Award. So thank award. you if you did vote for us, we would appreciate that. Yeah, because we did win and I don't know, it was really nice. I was kind of shocked. Yeah, Although we won uh, the Community Choice Award for those who don't know. So yeah. what that means is the um, Inspire FM put a poll out and uh, you had to vote between all the shows and alhamdulillah, Sister Speak was the winning show. Yeah, so we wanted to thank you guys. Like, we wouldn't have won without our listeners or supporters yeah, on. all the people that support us. And I think one thing that I really liked about the um, Inspire FM Iftar was how it was such a collaborative um, kind of effort that mm -hmm. was celebrated. Like, not only the presenters were celebrated, but the families. Yeah. Because it is a massive sacrifice when you, you know, when you come because it's a community um, service that you're doing. Um, but yeah, I, I I feel really. I think we're sister speaks. All of us were very very delighted yeah, we were by really, the award. We were really proud, and I don't know. I think we were quite surprised, even though we were joking that uh, up to the leading up to it that we have to win because obviously we need to have some confidence in ourselves. But when they did call out sister speak, I think we were all like, wait, what? Yeah. So that was um, that was a really nice surprise, and I think it's a highlight for us. Yeah, I think it's because, you know, all of us have, um, I think we've all grown, for me personally, yeah, I think me I've too. grown so much because, uh, believe it or not, uh, one year ago, maybe even more than that, I was, I remember my doing my first show on Inspire and I could barely speak on the mic and Brother Amir kept coming to me and saying, speak louder, speak louder, speak louder. And here I am today hosting the radio show. Mm -hmm. And I think it really does help you um, gain confidence, uh, public speaking, so... You know, if you if there's any young listeners out there too, and you're you're female, you can or whoever you are, if you're young, I think you should really um, try to get involved with Inspire FM because you you gain a lot of transferable skills. And you know, we were just talking about this before the show. How you know when we go to interviews, it it looks really amazing on your CV that you're a radio presenter or you know you have some sort of affiliation with the radio local radio station. 
Yeah, I think if you have any um, opportunity that's similar to this, um, you should just, like, if you find yourself thinking, oh, that would be quite cool, imagine if I did that. Well, you the opportunity is there and you don't have to imagine it, like, you could actually go and do it. And um, uh, it's a really good way to improve your communication skills and to... Um, you know to talk about sometimes we talk about difficult topics so um you know um when it helps you in all walks of life like it helps you tackle um awkward things to say i guess sometimes yeah. or literally anything and i just think it's um it's helped all of us it definitely has helped us all of us especially i would say it's also um allowed us to become more open-minded mm-hmm. we've we've learned so many views from each other from the audience um and it's also made you uh, more globally aware i think that's one of the actually graduate attributes in my university i think i've gained that from you know uh, from inspire mm-hmm. so i think it's a it's a really good opportunity and you know i would urge everyone to get involved with inspire and i'm not just saying that because you know, I'm hosting a radio show here, I would say it, it really does um, help you transform yourself. Yeah. Or not just, like, radio. Like, it could be anything. Like, if you have a chance to to um, Any start writing yes, for, like, an online something, then, you know... If you have any opportunity that you feel is a little bit out of your depth, but you're... Um, but you're drawn to it just go for it because Mm. um you might find it challenging at first but it's something that you want to do it's something you know is um gonna be good for you so just like grab that opportunity and just go for it going out of your comfort zone definitely because it is it is out of well it was out of my comfort zone to like to sit here and it, you learn to communicate because at first I really felt like I kept talking over you guys and I think maybe sometimes I might I don't know <laughs> I think we but all like, had that we were just adjusting to each other's yeah genes, and I it, think. it really teaches you how to have a um, conversation a good conversation and how to like you know present it's like you have to have a presence I think we're still learning definitely we yeah. have a long way to go but alhamdulillah it's been a really yeah. um it does really, actually really help you, your listening skills as well because you have to listen to each other. Yeah, and respond to each other. And articulate your point. Mm-hmm. And I also feel that um, one thing for me, I feel like what I've said one year ago, I probably have changed my views completely. Because, Definitely. And it shows you I how feel much like that too. You, it shows how much you improve in knowledge mm-hmm. because you're in a public platform. You you have to be. Um, you have to be more self-aware. You have to be very. You have to be self-aware. But you have to be aware of everyone else mm-hmm. and the sensitive and how sensitive you should be to other people's opinions and you should res- um, you should respect them as well. Um, and I think that with that it shows your development throughout that time because I don't think if you if I was on radio I don't think I would be able to see my development because I wouldn't hear my own opinions spoken back to me. Also, even sometimes be like. And um, someone else to hear it. Someone to tell you about you. it too. Yeah, someone That's another thing. Yeah. Like it's um, it's humbling sometimes too because you're not always right. You're not always, mm. you don't always have um, the right way of, like the right way of saying things, if you like. Um, yeah, and we've definitely learned a lot. Yeah, I really, I feel like um, any opportunity, like you said, if you go out of your comfort zone, uh, it might be scary, but the first step, if you just take that one step, I think the first step is the hardest. Once you take that first step, 
it gets easier by time. Then you, then you actually say to yourself, oh, I want to do this again. I can't wait till next Tuesday. <laughs> uh, is that how you felt when you first started? I think so. Like it was, it was scary, but then it's like, this was good. Like this was yeah. something I want to keep doing. Like something I want to improve on. Because you feel kind of, you know, because we're all just talking to each other. Like we've become friends and, you know, it's been... It's a different like, journey. It's like yeah. the, the Inspire from Steam, the journey. It's been a journey for us. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, I think we've got about five minutes left. Should we um, introduce the main topic? Yeah, let's introduce the main topic. So the main topic today <coughs> is Muslim youth struggles. Um, and um, we consider ourselves to be the youth. Yeah, we're, we are still young. And we just, uh, we're going to discuss um, the struggles and, you know, our own experiences in relation to that. So maybe I'll just hit the first question and then before, after the break, we'll, we'll delve in more into it. So the first question is, um, so everyone experiences, okay, we have one minute left. Should we talk about what we, okay, I think this is an important topic yeah. because um, obviously the... There's a lot of struggles that I think um, us as the Muslim youth go through that may not be spoken about um, too much. And I think it's really important to speak about these things because then we can help each other. I think we've all been through um, um, times in our life or like different stages of our journey as young Muslims where we were struggling with certain things, but we weren't really... um, told how to deal with it i guess and i think so we have different challenges that our parents had um in their time and yeah and even if they may have had the same challenges they probably haven't spoken about it to us i think it's just important we speak about it i think it's because we have that voice and we've given that voice. we have a break (laughs) oh god you're listening to an inspire fm podcast making available our popular programs from our daily broadcast on inspire fm Okay, assalamu alaikum everyone and welcome back to Sister Speak. So um, on the other half of the show we were talking about our thought of the week and we were talking about, could you hear me? Yeah, we <laughs> sorry were, talk- we're just having technical difficulties. Yeah, apologies cause... for that. <laughs> um, we were talking about uh, our Ramadan and how, um, we were talking about good intentions and, how t- and exams tips. For now we're going to be discussing uh, the Muslim youth and our struggles. So that comes to my first question, Amina. As a Muslim, what do you struggle with? Um, it's a very loaded question, but here we go. I think um, I think a struggle, something that I struggle with, and maybe a lot of um, a lot of people may have the same struggle is being consistent in um, what I like what I want to practice and then when I'm with other people and I'm influenced by them if that makes sense like keeping up um being consistent with what how with (laughs) with what I want to do like say I want to be consistent with um praying sunnah rakats and then I'm outside like I'm somewhere and then I like surrounded by people and I'm like okay today I'm just gonna read my fard like that might be that's something I struggle with there's a whole load of other things but I'm not gonna like list all my struggles today (laughs) I think generally I think it's in general I think it's being consistent Mm. in whatever I'm trying to improve myself on I like one day I can be like okay I wanted to start doing this 
and um I need to do this every day but then um there's one thing to be consistent in private but then to be consistent publicly or with a group of people I think it could be hard depending on who you socialize with that's definitely a point your company yeah it's like uh, it can like depend I think uh, to be consistent you should maybe tell your close friends that this is something I'm trying to improve on I need you to help me do it yeah, that's I remember, something I need to do because yeah, I, I don't do that. I remember when I was in sixth form, um, I, did, I had a non-Muslim friend and she used to wait for me outside the prayer room. So oh, it's, that's nice. It's, it's kind of establishing that and, and the first you know, part of your relationship or your friendship um, that you know these are the things I do. And you know if, if, if someone responds to you negatively, then they aren't really a company that you should be keeping. The mm-hmm. company should support you and help you to you know achieve what you want to do. So I, I definitely think when I agree with you, I think prayer for me is a massive thing and as as a young person um especially when you're when you have commitments to school university and the timing so for example um especially in winter something i really struggle with is praying salah all the salahs because because they're so close they're together they're so close to each other and if i have a lecture from 12 to 1 and then i have another lecture from 2 to 5 that's like i only have one hour do i eat or am i going to pray you know, like it's it's so challenging, but I, I also think that, you know, if you kind of make a way and kind of communicate that, I didn't do that in my first year, but my second year, I said to my lecturers, oh, I'm going to just nip out the lecture hall for five minutes. Is that okay? And they're more than happy to accommodate mm-hmm. because end of the day, you communicated with them that, you know, this is something you're doing. This is this is the sake of your religion. Um, and, you know, I think it's, oh, I think we're just too afraid to ask. Yeah, no I think that's definitely something that we... Um, are afraid of doing I think because um, because we're young and we're growing up just trying to get a hang of life and trying to get a hang of um, everything in general we we're generally scared of asking thing for things so when you don't ask then you don't get and um, that's a very good thing like you have to like you don't know what what you're you don't know unless you try you know so the fact that you asked your lecturer and I've done that before like and they are they react in a way that's like it seems like they're thinking why do you even need to ask like I of course I would let you so this kind of, you get kind of surprised and you think why was I scared in the first place because this is something that's far it's like praying is something we have to do mm. like it's the second pillar of islam so we have to do it so i think when we get that out of the way um we just have to be open i think Mm. and also i was thinking how um a lot of the times we catch ourselves thinking oh i need to juggle my life and my religion but they're not two different things because if you ask any muslim what is islam they say it's a way of life so when we when we tell ourselves oh i need to juggle this like oh i need to go to my lecture and then i need to pray and then i need to eat like that's how we think isn't it but we don't realize that we can it's all one thing like Mm. you can ask your teachers and they'll say yes and it's a part of your routine you know and um because it's something that it's like it's not just oh you have to pray also something that i've learned or like i've recently read about it again is that the fact that 
salah was given to the Prophet as um as a means of comfort. Yeah. So it's not something like, oh my God, I have to pray. Like, I know we all feel like that. Like, I'm not just, I don't want to sound preachy because I'm talking to myself too. Um, like, we, I think um, it's all a change of mindset. Like, Definitely when you think about it in a completely different way, then, um, then you should be able to do it, especially for those who are struggling in whatever kind of way. The fact that it was sent by Allah as... A means of comfort is just so beautiful. So this is the number one thing. Like if you're struggling, Allah has given this to us so that we can feel at peace. So like yeah. if you have stress, if you're if you have, um if you're struggling mentally or physically, if you're struggling in any kind of way, the only person that can help you is Allah. So I think when you think of it that way, it's something that you would never want to miss. And um, I think that's not something I really understood growing up. Like, I knew a lot of these things, but I think me and Marion both, we were talking about this earlier, that how we never... Um, we definitely struggled with actually praying five times a day when we were younger. And it's because we... Like, I can say for myself that it's because I didn't... I just saw it as a chore, Definitely, which is astaghfirullah, like it shouldn't be a chore. Like, of course, it's something we it's have to do. because we don't do, know why we're doing but it's, it. Exactly. I think we need to know why. Like, we we do have to, like, we get told you have to pray, which is correct. But why do we have to pray? And it's because, you know, it's because Allah has given us all these things. Mm. And that's just like our small time of the day to thank him for it. And yeah, because his blessings are not your entitlement. You're not entitled to everything that you get. Exactly. And also I feel like um, sometimes when I um, think of delaying it, like, oh, oh, let me just do this first. Let me do that first. And then, then if you take a step back and think, wait, I can't even do that thing first without Allah giving me the right to do it. So I feel like if you tell yourself, let me pray first, then I think um, there'll be barakah in whatever you do. Yeah. And I also think that, um, you know, as you were saying, like, you should... uh, you should put your, you know, your daily activities. You should integrate your way of life or your religion into that, mm-hmm. um, because it's so easy to become a slave of dunya. It's so sl- it's so easy to be engrossed and being overwhelmed by, you know, university work or whatever you're experiencing. That can take over and that can literally control you. But those five prayers is your time out and saying that actually you're you're submitting to yourself to god not those people that that are managers to you you're not submitting to that lecturer that's stressing you out you're not submitting to those friends you're submitting to god and he has ultimate power over you and he's the most kind the most merciful he has 99 names that are blessings upon you and whenever you need to reach out he's there and i feel that you know even when when i was studying i used to think your break is that prayer that you can beg allah please help me please help me please help me Hmm. um and even when you're doing your university or your college or if in, even if you're at work, it's a it's a nice it's a nice reminder that, you know, ultimately these people have no power over you, it's only Allah. And I think that is quite comforting. For me personally that's very comforting because I get overwhelmed very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. And I think these people actually have no value against Allah. It's what Allah what does Allah want from me? If I'm kind to these people, if I'm doing whatever whatever I'm supposed to do and I'm I'm keeping their rights 
mm-hmm. then I shouldn't allow them to overwhelm me. It doesn't matter. I'm I'm doing what I'm supposed to do for the sake of God, and He's five times a day. I can speak to Allah about it. What an honor that we get to speak to Allah. He gi- He's given us that opportunity to speak to Him, mm-hmm. and I think that we take that very for granted. Imagine we couldn't speak to Allah of how we're feeling. Imagine it was just recitation and and we just reiterate um, uh, speaking his words, but there's no scope for him for us to speak to him. I think we would be very disadvantaged and we'd feel emptiness. We get to speak to our God and we get to tell him our worries. We get to we get to tell him that you know we're not feeling good. We get we get to share our happiness with him. And when you're grateful, Allah gives you more. So there's so much blessings in in salah, and I think that we attribute. Um, salah as just an action that we must do as a tick list. It's like eating, we, we must do it, otherwise we're going to function. Mm-hmm. We must do it because it's a fart, salah is a fart. But if we tell ourselves actually this, there's so many benefits, then we'll 100% do it. It's like studying. We don't want to do it, but we do it because we think of the future and how yeah, know, exactly. we're going to succeed. Like, what are the consequences of not doing that? And I think that's, that's the same way we look at salah. Like, it's not just... Um, you know like what are the consequences of not praying or you know like personally like if I've not prayed then I'm gonna feel really down and I'm thinking why am I feeling down and then I think back oh it's because maybe I didn't pray on time you know and because your heart wants it your heart like, exactly like that's it what craves it like Allah's attention it craves it yeah and I think if you're you know a young person who is struggling to pray I think um I think my advice would just be to just to educate yourself on on why we pray and um you know more about Islam than you then you when you do go to Allah you go to him lovingly and not because not um with any other emotion um cuz you when when you do start to pray consistently then you you'll definitely feel the difference how would you say you would overcome those struggles as a Muslim youth? Because we've experienced it through um, high school, we've been through A-levels. What advice would you give to people that are out there that may be experiencing the same things we did? What would you do differently or what can you suggest them? Um, I think it's quite a difficult one because, you know, when you're, when you're in high school, you're quite young and you're still learning a lot. Like, that's such a critical time in your life. And a lot of the time you're surrounded by so many different people and you're just trying to find your place in the world I guess Mm um I think you need to realize that high school is a bit of a you know that's not the people at the school are not your life and it feels like that when at that time it just feels forever it does especially because it's like what five years but for some people they have a sixth form so it's seven years like it's a long time (laughs) um but i think just remind yourself of what is actually um what is actually important to your existence i guess like so you're trying to study hard that's important for you to like go ahead and achieve your goals and also an important thing for us all is um you know keeping up with you know just being a good muslim and uh, like i said earlier we all uh, we always seem to think oh it's something that i have to juggle but when you see it as i'm a muslim so this is my life this is what i need to intertwine into my life so like i'm sure your teachers will 
know something about islam something about you have to pray so just even your friends i think if it's if you're struggling with that if you're struggling to pray on time or not just prayer i think we've concentrated a lot on prayer if you're struggling to do anything as a muslim um in your daily life like i'm using the example of school just like communicate it just tell your friends like this is something that is really important to me so this is what i want to do at lunchtime or this is what i want to do on my break and if it's like if you communicate that to people then they'll be accommodating and if they're not then they're not the right people to be around do you think it's difficult because when you're in high school um it's you want to be part of cliques hmm. you want it's very challenging to kind of uh spot good company and yeah spot and i think it's, it's so easy for us to tell them like to tell um younger like young people that are younger than us like in high school that oh it's not important because we were once in that position and that was all we saw like that's that was our every day so it's really easy to tell them oh don't worry about it like you're gonna leave in a few years but that's like your everyday life so i just say i don't know i feel like i don't know what the answer is anymore (laughs) (laughs) no do i i feel like um you know of course, uh, we, we're not in your position. And mm-hmm. We were in your position one day, and obviously things have changed from that time to now. But I would say that, you know, I think having good uh, relationship with your family, mm-hmm. and at that time, I think having a very good relationship with your family, it doesn't have to be, um, and it can be challenging when you're young and with your mom and dad because you think, you know, everything revolves around yourself when you're a teenager. But even if you have cousins that you feel like you um, can connect with, or you know aunties or uncle that you can resonate with, if they, um, if you have that connection and you're able to, you know, speak about your feelings, because it's a very, uh, uh, it's an emotional roller coaster during high school. You know, you're you have so much hormones. You're 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 taking a massive step in, in doing your GCSEs. It's it's a whole uh, mixture of feelings, and I mm-hmm. think you know, and especially with Islam, I think it, you know it soon becomes further on you to you know practice on it. So there's so many things going on at that time, and I think it's really important to take a step back and communicate that with someone and tell them that your feelings because it's valid. Whether you're a girl or a boy, it's valid what you're feeling, and you know even if you're surpassed that time and you still have those feelings, and even if you're in um, a levels or in university it's okay to speak about your feelings and tell them tell people or tell your close ones that you know i'm struggling with this i think what we've done is we keep our struggles to ourselves we don't share them yeah i think it's important actually to <coughs> have at least one person that you can that you can talk to like we said like it it's um when you're at school you you feel like it um you might be missing out if you're not part of a big group but you're even people within those big groups only have one or two close friends and i think that's what most people need you just need someone to talk to so so you if you have someone who's close to you and um you believe they can help you achieve your goals then just communicate whatever you're struggling with like say you're struggling with um certain parts like if you're struggling with your education or um other things like salah for example you know just tell that person to help you i think when you have good friends they can help you achieve whatever you want to so like obviously just going on with the same example like if i want to pray more often like can you remind me like when i when i want to have a goal like that i just tell everyone around me so that it's 
so that I'm not the only person who knows. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you're yeah, the only person... Extra responsibility, I actually need to do it. Yeah, because if you're the only person who knows this is the thing that you need to do, then you can easily just be like, oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but then when you when someone else knows about it, then they're like, have you done it? Have you done it? Have you done it? And then you're like, okay, I need to do that. So... True. Uh, do you think that, um, you know, your culture and your age influences um the struggles that you have your so really your religious identity does that be impacted by demographic um i think personally in high school you're if you're unless you go to a a dominantly a predominant school that's mostly muslims you don't really be identified you you actually be i feel like you'd be identified by your culture rather than your religion but when you go to a, a mixed school then you're more identified as a Muslim or whatever you um, whatever religion you adopt by that's my own personal view but do you think um, I think once you go to university it's very multicultural and very diverse do you mm. think culture has an influence in the struggles that we have I think so I think um, I never had to I never even realised what, uh, like, I knew what culture was, but it never had an impact on my life growing up as a child until I was, um, like, you know when you become, when you become a teenager and stuff, everyone seems to think they know what they're talking about, you know, like, we all know what it's like, so I think that's when I realised what culture was, and it never, ever had an effect on me, and I think that's when it's, um... That's when I knew what labels were when I when we all started to make our own decisions if you like like obviously not huge decisions but when you're given a little more independence as a young person I think um I know I think labels are a really big big part of society because everyone's everyone is trying to find their place so then putting a label on it is an easy way to to like identify people I guess mm-hmm. and I think like you said like when you go to university you see all co- different kinds of people and then you realize um I've always been cut a little bit different and that's okay like I don't need to be a part of a part of this um kind of group or whatever it is I think that is a, a kind of a struggle in terms of um I think having labels and stuff is does kind of um have an effect on being a, Mus- a young muslim too because w- when you look into islam those kind of things don't matter like in terms of race mm. like um it's only a pi- it's only a piety that is recognized yeah like of course it. we all have we all come from different countries and we all have different languages and foods and stuff and that's amazing like that's something that should be celebrated but it's not something that should divide us i think that's where the problem lies like it's like when you put culture above religion that's when the problems start to begin yeah and i think that's where um that's where a lot of young muslims get confused because in terms of islam that doesn't matter at all but then when it does matter even i think it's not just um it's people within themselves who make it an issue like it's sometimes it's not just coming from like oh parents or older people i think 
as young people we do like to label to make ourselves feel comfortable if that makes sense mm. like if you look in the movies like oh those are the geeks those are the jocks blah 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 like i think that's always a thing for everyone likes to the cry, youth cry, because themselves in criteria isn't yeah it? because i think it helps you figure out how to navigate yeah. but yeah. I, I don't think it actually works like it makes mm. it, putting things in putting people into categories like that it might seem easy but it, it really doesn't because you think oh, oh aren't we all in this together and we are I think maybe um, if you're struggling with something like that just remind yourself that all these labels aren't um, they're not important the only thing that is important is if you are if you are a sincere Muslim, mm. you know, and um, no one, no one can tell who is the best Muslim here. Like we, only Allah knows. And you're, tr- mm. if you're trying your best, then that's the best thing that you can do. Yeah, I love how Allah like Allah um, weighs your deeds rather than counting them. I think that's so profound because He measures your sincerity. Mm. He doesn't measure the volume. He measures how sincere you are. So I could do one action and you could do ten, but our sincerity could be the same. And it shows how every and that shows how every Muslim is has an individual individual journey to Allah and Allah looks at your capacity as an individual. He doesn't measure you or make a there's no comparisons. That's why He measures your sincerity because sincerity is something that everyone can feel. But mm. not everyone has the same capacity to do the same thing. And I think that is the most, I think that's the most comforting thing in yeah. our religion that, you know, Allah looks at me as an individual rather rather than seeing me as, you know, how many actions I could do. Rather than as like a number or as something. As a number, yeah. I think another thing that, uh, that really brings... Because where does sincerity come from? It comes from your heart. Exactly. And I think um, whenever I remind myself that all these superficial things they really don't matter like they're not gonna benefit me in the hereafter that really brings me comfort like when like anything that you're struggling with and you think why is this even why is this even a thing why does this have to be something that is important to all these people when you realize it's not when you tell yourself that to Allah these are the only important things in his eyes then i think that brings a lot of comfort to when you when you tell yourself that you'll be rewarded for the things that you like when you remind yourself that allah will reward you mm. for the things that you've struggled with and for maybe the things that you've given up then that brings a lot more comfort because you know because like because you've struggled here so much and you realize this world is not meant for the muslims in the first place it's not meant to be um heaven, yeah. yeah it's not meant to be a heaven and i think that is that is comfort knowing that this isn't this isn't our be all and end all like we have a better place and we have we can get there with the right intentions and with sincerity and by helping each other as well i think we I should think, really help each yeah. other and i think that really um kind of draws the essence of our whole show that you know all the struggles you face it's um it's recognized by Allah and you you should never feel that you know I'm not good enough or you know I can't do certain things because the, the Allah loves struggle Allah loves those people who are patient and love those people that strive for him and I think as Muslims um, young Muslims you know you may face even more challenges that maybe even your family don't understand because you know when you're in a um 
very open society, let would say. Mm-hmm. Um, there's different, there's certain challenges that you'll face. But we're drawing a close to our show. Uh, I want to thank everyone for tuning in, for uh, messaging. Please uh, join us and inspire 105.5. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Why not tune in to our live stream at inspirefm.org and follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at InspireFM Luton.